This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This very interview took place live inside the Influencer Vault. If you want to learn more about becoming a member so that you can see the video of this interview and a lot more and be a part of weekly interviews that take place and have opportunities at your fingertips to speak, write, and be interviewed, go visit theinfluencervault.com today and sign up to get your free gift and then you'll uh, be directed to the website to learn more about the Influencer Vault. Hello, everybody. It is Corey Poirier and back with a new uh, interview inside the interview series uh, within the Influencer Vault. So it's a little bit of a tongue twister. Uh, So super excited to be back with everybody. And this is um, a reschedule from last week. Uh, For those that joined us last week, uh, Randy and I were both, he was in the woods and I was, my my side, I think even I always have some tech hiccups. So we mutually agreed that it would make sense to reschedule to today. So fingers crossed. Uh, but Randy Spelling, so excited to have you here today. And Randy, where I usually like to start is, and I think I got you to share this last time, but just for those that may not have caught it, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your backstory? And then, of course, we'll dive in much deeper. Sure. Yeah, it's good to be here, Corey. Uh, with you and no technical difficulties today. Absolutely. Uh, I actually have a signal, so I'm excited about that. Um, so, yeah, my name is is Randy Spelling. Um, my background is I grew up in uh, in Los Angeles um, in the entertainment industry. My father was a um, very famous television producer named Aaron Spelling, uh, sister, actress, Tori Spelling. And, um, you know, I'm a r- right now, the last 15 years, I've been a professional life coach, uh, helping people from anything to uh, confidence, uh, any way to live a better, more fulfilled, more purposeful, happy life, dealing with things from the past, roadblocks, limitations, better communication skills, um, reimagining financial relationships. But I did not start there. So uh, as I said, I grew up in the entertainment industry and there was very much focus on glitz and glamour and money and fame. And it was all just a confusing world for me. There were parts of my childhood that I absolutely loved. It was amazing. But being a sensitive kid, it was really confusing because I would see these people, you know, everyone for better or worse, looks up to people in Hollywood. And especially back then in more of the golden age of Hollywood, all these stars were bigger than life and everyone, you know, idolized them and they would be coming to the house. I would know because they'd have this charisma and I would watch the way that other people, you know, children take their cues from body language and unspoken verbal cues. So everyone would look at these stars and go, ah, 
and just light up, but I would feel something different in them. And what I saw is some of them aren't happy and actually quite the opposite. So I, I always had this drive to bring people together to find peace within myself and for other people to feel happy and peaceful and fulfilled. And I was confused why that wasn't happening. So what I did is I followed in the family business. I became an actor and I thought this was my path. This was my way. And there are many parts that I loved about acting, but it didn't hold that fulfillment that I was hoping for, that I was searching for my, my place in the world. I didn't put that hat on yet. So then I tried other things and I, I, I did, I had this void inside of me and I tried to fill that void with different career paths. It didn't work. I, I owned a record label for three years and put out music. I like that, but didn't feel that satisfaction that I was looking for. And then I started searching for other things to fill that void. And I turned to drugs and alcohol and got caught up in addiction that nearly killed me until uh, 26. Uh, my father passed away. And right after that, I just said, I don't want to live like this anymore. And I, I was very into meditation, um, anything metaphysical, spiritual, psychological, when I was a teenager and 18 to 21. And I think that that saved my life, Corey, because if I, if I didn't have those experiences, those real connective experiences with myself and with, um, you know, higher power, I wouldn't have known any different and I wouldn't have wanted any different, but I fell to my knees and I just said, I, I want that. I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't know how I'm going to get back to that, but that's what I want. And I think I genuinely asked deeply enough for the universe to hear me and set something in motion. Cause right after that, everything in my life started changing. I removed the drugs and alcohol. And then I set out on a real path to find who I was, why I'm here and really live that as much as I can each and every day. Amazing. I mean, there's so much to unpack there, Randy, in so many directions we could go. I mean, I want to ask, I guess, first, in terms of coaching and going in that direction, what do you think are the main things that drew you to coaching in the sense that uh, part of obviously coaching is you get to see the impact you're making on somebody's life directly, you get to see the transformation in their life. And so was that part of it? Because I feel like, too, I should add that when you're in the Hollywood world, it's kind of like one to many. You know, you so see you're going and you're acting on a, a show, let's say Malibu Shores, and many people are watching it. So right. even if your goal is to help people escape their day by watching your show and what have you, it's still one to many. Whereas coaching is the exact opposite. It's one on one typically, not always, but it's one on one typically. Mm -hmm. And so were there elements of it that being the one on one and you could have a deeper transformation part of it? Or was it just that you wanted to be able to see people transform or impact their life? I'm just curious, what drew you to coaching, do you think? transformation because it was personal to me. I was searching for transformation always. Um, and so part of my story is me figuring out how to transform myself and coaching was the modality at the time, 
you know, I, I thought, okay, I can add in, I can pepper in all of the different modalities that I have learned, the different tools, and it fits in the bucket of coaching versus, uh, you know, you know, traditional therapy where it, it, it's just very much textbook and there are a lot more rules. And I think therapy is great. And I think it has its place. I wanted something that to me, I had a little bit more freedom and flexibility to pull from many different things because co coaching is kind of more results based. And I think, you know, I don't go to the gym or I don't work out to not get results. It's the same thing. I, I want results. And so I, I, I believe that clients want results too. So it's a little bit more result focused as to how do we get to C when you're at A. So that's what drew me to coaching uh, first and foremost. And since you started in coaching, what have you, I mean, I'm going to ask this question, Randy, from a perspective of a client, because mm -hmm. this is an area that I've struggled with in terms of coaching when somebody says to me, how do I pick a coach? How do I choose the right coach? Uh, I'm, I'm a member of um, a Facebook group that has, I think it's like 18,000 coaches inside yeah. of it. And so, and, and within that, I mean, there's some coaches in there, I'm sure, that are, you know, giving their clients everything they ask for and a thousand times more. But also there's probably some in there that aren't delivering at the level they're saying mm -hmm. they are. So my question out of that is when you're talking to a client, I'm sure people ask you, how do I choose the right coach or why should I choose you or whatever that looks like? But what do you think are some of the things that people should take into mind when they're choosing a coach? And I'm thinking of people that are listening that want to become high performance and high performers that do that through a coach. But then I want to circle around the other and ask you about being a coach. But first, what do you think a person should look at when they're considering which coaches they should bring on or hire? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, a is resonance. Do you resonate with that person? Uh, their, their message, what they stand for. I know sometimes that's, that's hard. Not every coach has a, a platform or something, but, you know, go on their website, listen to them speak, uh, interact with their material and get a feel because anyone can say anything, but you have so much information and, and, and intuition and knowledge that by interacting with people's content I, I believe in this day and age, you can really get a feel for how that person is, what, what types of content they're putting out, who they're working with, some of the results that they're getting to see if it feels like a fit. So that's number one, A, resonance. Um, B is ask a lot of questions. Interview uh, your top three candidates and spend the time to write some questions, ask them some questions. Uh, have you worked with someone who struggles with low self-confidence or they want to start a business and they haven't been successful yet or they lack motivation, which is something I believe that I have. How would you be able to help me with motivation? What's your philosophy on that? To really get an idea of what they're doing to to get you to where you want to be hmm, i love that and yeah i love that you're you're getting by asking those questions you're getting a feel for who they are at the core and how they work with people and which will tell you whether or not they're aligned with you uh so the flip the side because again we have people on here that i know that are either coaches or want to becoming coaches and so the flip of that or the i guess we'll say the opposite of that 
what would you recommend to people who are coaching clients to make sure, for lack of a better way of saying it, I'll say they're doing a good job as coaches or they're representing their client properly as coaches or they're delivering as coaches. Like, are there some things that you've discovered that coaches should be doing to help make sure that they're delivering for the clients? Yeah, I mean, there's so many things. This is a, a constant progression for me because I think it's the same as being a partner, being a parent, being a human being. It's how can I show up as my best self? How can I show up? I mean, we just got on and you were talking about how you always want to over deliver and add a bunch of value. How can I be of highest value to my client? And I think sometimes we tend to get stuck in our lens that we see things through, right? So some, some people might have really good results giving this one tool, but not everyone will respond well to that tool. So you really have to take into consideration the person in front of you, their learning style, and this is one of the first things I was told in my coach training, and I still believe it has a lot of merit today, and that is stay curious. When curiosity isn't a part of your questioning, isn't a part of uh, your discovery process, then it gets lost because you're inserting all the things that you know, the ways that you see life and the way that you see things working. And sometimes that's really beneficial, but sometimes there are things that can be missed. There are nuances and there might be this one little gap that if you just skip over that, that's the gap where the real limitation lies. That's the gap where the transformation is just waiting to be unearthed. And, you know, I have to constantly ask myself, is there anything that I'm missing is I know that I want to bring value, but sometimes I'll even ask, Hey, is there anything that we haven't talked about today? Is there anything around this subject that needs attention? Because I trust that that person has some information and maybe just even asking that question, something rises to the surface that says, well, what about this scenario? You know, uh, yeah, there's still that one little thing that's left hanging out there that needs to be woven in as well. I love that. And let me ask you as well. I wanted to ask, um, as far as the, you know, when you talk about it from the perspective of, from a coach's perspective, how you're guiding people and what intuition you're using to decide how you can guide that person. There's also, is there not, two different, well, there's probably many, I guess, but at least two different, uh, let's say, approaches or methodologies around coaching where some people are very much like ask questions and then let you answer sort of yourself almost and just guide you with those answers. And some coaches, I, and I've had both, so that's why I'm saying this from this perspective too, where they were more so almost saying, here's what I think you should do. So in other words, some that, you know, ask questions and I'm just here to basically uh, help you reveal the answers. And then others are like, here's what I think you should do. And more so like saying, here's the path. Um, is yes. that true? Because there is that is that actually a thing where there's two separate approaches to that? And if so, is that also a factor in choosing the coach, meaning which style you're looking for? Yes. Great question again. So 
there's probably uh, a whole range of coaching and because coaching isn't as regulated, you know, when coaching first started, there was the international coaching federation, which is the standard and everyone was getting certified. And then, you know, some people still choose to do that at some point it's like, ah, you know, a lot of business coaches really say people don't even care about a certification. They care that you can get results. So because it is somewhat unregulated, and I just have to say this too, I've met incredible therapists. Now, therapy is regulated. I've met some incredible therapists. I've met some therapists who aren't great. So it's like that in any field, right? But yes, some coaching, when I learned to coach and I, I was doing everything exactly by the book, it was all question-based. I find that some people tend to think that's a little bit annoying if you only ask questions because that's, that's not real life, right? It, then it starts to feel technical and it starts to feel, well, what do you think? Well, tell me more. Well, what, you know, it, it can be a little bit robotic. I think it needs to be a conversation for people. You know, what, some of the tenets of coaching are to build trust and to mirror, to open up, to use their language. But I think some of that has to be organic. And so if you're just going by the way, and I tell new coaches, you know, I, I mentor a, a lot of coaches and can train them. And something I tell them all the time is you have to, you have to have a container that you're working within and then let it go. You have to let go doing everything exactly by the book only because that's not your authentic voice and people feel when you're not being authentic. And some of that just takes practice. So to answer your question specifically, everyone wants something different. I do believe that a, a huge part of coaching is asking a question and letting someone come up with an answer. Because when my clients come up with an answer, their energy changes, their voice changes, and they don't even realize they've done it sometimes until I say, could you say that again? Just, just say what you said again. And you, they smile and they, because they realize they came to an awareness and it came from them. So there's no denying if it came from them, if it comes from someone else, there can always be this doubt of, well, someone else is just telling me that versus if something comes from within, there is an inner shift that happens. But I do believe that there's a balance of sometimes people need more context. Don't just tell everyone what to do, but they need a little bit more context in order to then be able to go deeper to get their own answers. So now how about the next stage? And again, I'm thinking from the perspective of the coach themselves, because inside the vault here, we have a lot of people that are speakers, a lot of people that are wanting to write for magazines, they're being interviewed on shows. Um, the coaching side, I feel we're a little bit light on, you know, I want to talk more about coaching because I feel that affects so many people, but we don't talk about it as much. So I wanted to dive one step further, Randy, when we talk about um, becoming a coach and like yourself and then building a practice around that, what for you, and I know it's going to be different for everybody and you have a pretty unique background and I know you told me you don't actually mention it as much, but from a marketing point of view, what does that look like for you? Like how did you start getting clients from early on? And is it still the same today? And if so, is that is it a mix? Like, do you do any 
online SEO to bring people your way or is it all referral based or is it a mix or I just love to hear how clients typically find you. Yeah. So when I started, it was, it was all hope based. <laughs> it was, I'm going to do this and will it happen? Can it happen? And Ooh, I have a client. Oh, I have another client. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but okay, I'm going to do my best. And you know, this exciting newness, and then after a year, you know, I had a website, but as you know, it, it's, it's the biggest myth. It's like you do a website and you, and the color's not right. And you do all these things to get the website out. And I'll always say to someone, then what happens tomorrow? And it deflates people because no one likes that. If there's this big hope of, I'm going to do a website. And once I have a website, you know, I'm going to build it and they will come. And there's so much more to it than just that. It's showing up. It's finding who you serve, right? And this is standard. It's finding who you serve, what your message is. But really, who do you, how do you want to work with people? So many coaches um, are trying to find the exact secret sauce. You know, like what's going to make them successful? What is that one thing that they do where they're an expert, but also what do you love? How do you love working with people? Cause that's going to be a huge thing. If it drains your energy to work with this segment of people uh, in this area that you coach people on, but you don't really love, don't do it because your energy is going to be stagnant in that area. So find what you really like, find what lights you up. Also find the ways in which you can get results and make a difference. See what converges and what matches and go hard in that area. Show up. You know, some people do really well with video. In this day and age, video is important. Like I was saying earlier about how to choose a coach, you know, it's content. So people need to hear you and see you and get a vibe for you. Do video. If you're horrible at video or your perception is you're horrible, maybe you're a better writer. Write like crazy. Write in 90 million ways from Sunday about your topic. Right? Do do social postings. Go out. Talk. If talking is your thing, you know, Corey, you can speak a lot on this. Talk. Go on any stage that you can. Get a group of six people together. Book small, intimate groups, talk, 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 whatever you do, show up as much as possible, because the more that you show up, the more confidence will build inside of you. The more practice you have, the more practice you have, the more people will feel you really know what you're talking about. You really understand what it's like to go through what your client is going through. You can empathize with them. You know what it's like. You know the thoughts. That will help your client base grow because you really understand that and you're showing up in all the various ways possible. It took me years to understand this. I struggled for a handful of years um, chasing shiny objects. Oh, okay, I have to build a funnel. Oh, okay, I'll do a membership. I mean, I tried all these different things. And what it came down to was really how to show up each and every day and how to get results. And I think both of those together informed 
all the other sort of markety things that I did. I don't focus that much on SEO. In fact, I need to do better SEO. Um, I focus more on content. I focus more on forward thinking, taking the temperature of what people are going to need, what people need now, but really in two, three months from now, as things are falling, let me intuit where are people going to be at and what do they need? Let me try and throw the ball that way so they can intercept that when they get there. Wow. So, you know, one of the things I heard there, Randy, and I, I feel this to be true in every which way, uh, and it's a Steve Martin quote is how I've heard it. You know, I, I the Steve Martin quote is the one that I think stuck out to me, but Steve Martin had this great quote. I'm, I have a book right over there where I, I think he first said it uh, called Born Standing Up, which was his biography. And he said, whatever you do, be so good they can't ignore you. Mm -hmm. And when you mentioned like show up, be all in to me, that's what that is. If you're so good that people go, wow, I ha they have to tell somebody else. Like it's, I have to share this with somebody that this person just over delivered or they just, uh, you know, I never thought this was possible for me and they were showed me it is. I think if you do that over and over again, you'll always have an audience with somebody like, you know, people will talk and um, you know, my business, especially our, we have a blue talks platform and that platform is right now it wasn't when we started but right now it's 100 percent referral based it's pretty much 100 percent, and that's you know and i'm not saying that was so good they couldn't ignore me i'm just saying i went all in yeah tried to over deliver tried to do everything i could for people even when it wasn't expected and i feel that's why other people are saying you got to check this out and so Absolutely. to your point i think that's marketing on its own is just over delivering showing up being there anticipating as you said what the person needs in the future delivering on that yeah, I, I just love that you share that because that on its own is in some ways marketing. Yes. And, and when a product's good, a product is good. You, you you really can't deny that. It might not be for everyone, right? But if something works, it works. And if, you know, we've seen products come to market before. I've seen um, technology platforms where I've been on their platform, but they get a little bit lazy. They don't put money back into continuing to develop and grow to make it user-friendly. And at some point people jump off the platform because they're not continuing to grow for the user experience. If your goal is to make the best user experience possible, not just in coaching, you could be a real estate agent, you could be um, you know, a restaurant owner, you could be a gym owner, whatever it is, continually look at the user experience. And if you can do that, it's going to be hard to deny that you have a good product or you are a good teacher or coach or whatever you may be. So one of the things I noticed is on your website, there's uh, testimonials aplenty. So there's there's people talking about the experience they have with you. And, you know, to your point, I think that speaks volumes as well. Meaning, you know, if somebody's like, well, you know, Randy, what have people experienced working with you? To be able to say, here's what, here's some comments of what people have shared. I feel like that on its own as well is a backup to the fact that you are doing what you said, which is to show up and be there for that person. Yeah, and those testimonials are 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 a little bit out of date. I mean, I haven't again, I haven't been good about SEO, and I haven't been good about putting the newest testimonials on there. Um, but, but yes, I, I, I was just going to make this t-shirt 
uh, I found this. I had I ordered a T-shirt the other day because uh, I'm doing a couple of these content videos, which will be fun to have a a, a T-shirt that goes along with it. And I discovered, oh, I can put anything I want on a T-shirt. <laughs> and so, I one of the things I was thinking is, you know, make your life your message. Like, live your life as though not just okay, my coaching hat is going to go on now because any of us are always better in that role. Isn't it funny? We can play that role and then you go back in your personal life and we get triggered by our children or our partners and it happens. I do as well. But if you can live your life closest to what you're talking to other people about, you can't fake the funk. People see it. They feel it. And I I, I don't know. I just think that's a big thing. I mean, testimonials are great. Social proof is great. But also live it. Become that. Because that no one can deny if you ooze your message, they're just going to feel it from you. I love that. I loved what you said there. You can't fake the funk. I've never heard that one before. That's a, that's a great quote. I love that. Uh, and I'm, I, we're down to the last um, you know, five to eight minutes. But uh, And I didn't say this earlier. I usually try to mention this. But if you have specific questions for Randy, of course, pose them in the comments and we'll We'll tackle if uh, time permits. But yeah, if you have questions, pose them here. If not, I'll see them in the uh, replay and I, I can come on and, and take tackle a couple myself. But um, Randy, the other thing I want to ask you about, and, and this is kind of a full circle as we're starting to wind down, but you know, you're, you're, the background you have going, as you said, through Hollywood, the music business, and that experience you had, do you think that's, uh, has that helped you? In any way, I mean, obviously, I understand, of course, it has in terms of what you've learned to share with people and and how you speak from the perspective of having been there. But I mean, from a marketing point of view, do you think something like that or any experiences, something like that help or hurt in terms of your you know, branding in the sense that you have kind of a backstory already? It's like, you know, if I was a comic, which I used to be, and then I become a speaker. Uh, in some cases, it, it, I thought it would be like, oh, well, this is a great transition. But some people view comedy different than speaking. Mm-hmm. So like uh, somebody might view all the amazing accomplishments you have as an actor different than coaching. And so has, do you find that's helped, hindered, or what are your thoughts on that? I think it it has helped. I think it has hurt. So helped is I had a little bit more notoriety. So I don't I, I didn't have to, I, I wasn't completely unknown, right? And that it, it, I, I probably got some people paying more attention to me because of my background. Right. That said, it worked against me at the beginning because people saw me as my background. They didn't see me as this professional coach. So I really had to work. And I, you know, when I first started, I, I had really had a baby face. I didn't have any gray or anything like that. I mean, I had a full on baby face. So I, I was working, I was doing anything possible to work against my background. Um, I remember even earlier on, there are a couple articles that were written saying, oh, you know, Randy's, they, they weren't unsavory, but there were a couple where they were just like, huh, you know. So that that is what helped is I got a little bit more attention than I otherwise would have, right? Maybe a little bit more media. How it hurt is that is hard to be taken seriously at first. Um, and, and it's so funny because I've had people say along the way, well, it was easier for you. 
it's easier for you to build a business because of your background. And I said, no, that, that that's a projection and a misconception. It, it wasn't. In fact, it was, it was harder because uh, people won't pay and, and pay, you know, a, a fair price to work with someone if they don't believe that you can help them. So just having this background doesn't mean anything. In fact, people didn't want to pay because they were like, oh, he's Randy Spelling. How is Randy Spelling going to help me? Right? He grew up privileged. Everything must have been so easy for him. What does he know about struggle and life struggle? And, you know, no way. I'm going to go to a professional. Right. So that's how it hurt me. And I think I, I just, obviously, I felt that and felt that and it dinged my confidence. But there was something in me and to all you coaches and business owners out there, you know, this entrepreneurship is hard. It is not easy. Owning your own business is not easy. There's no shut off. There's no oh, five o'clock. You know, we're done. Don't have to think about anything else until I get into work at eight or nine. It's a nonstop thing. You have to love this. You have to love what you do to continue to keep going, not just hate a nine to five. You have to love what you do. And it, it's this inner purpose. And so there were times that I wanted to quit. There were times that I doubted myself. There were times that I had a horrible inner critic and dialogue saying, I couldn't do this. I'm not good enough. And I just had to keep following this inner fog light. You know, I could barely see in front of me, but is this inner fog light of, but I have to do this. I don't know anything else. I don't know. This is something that I have to do. And I just kept going and I just kept going and I just kept getting better. And I just kept working through the inner critic. And I just kept working through the low confidence and showing up and slowly, but surely the business built and things started hitting and results started happening and clients started coming. And, you know, close to 15 years later, here I am. So, uh, it's, I, I kind of, in some ways, smirked because uh, when you were saying that about the, um, you know, people saying, well, why would I pay him? Uh, I, I'll just hire a professional coach or whatever term they put on that because I mentioned it about me doing stand-up comedy. And same thing, like I said, I thought that would locally, you know, you're doing stand-up comedy. You think, okay, it gives you a bit of notoriety. So they know about you. So there's a better chance they're going to pay you. But it was the exact opposite because they're like, what do you mean hire the guy that was performing comedy at the club? I'm going to hire him. My speaker for my conference? I beg your pardon? What? And yeah. people couldn't. So I actually, and I had to, because I was still doing comedy when I was building my speaking business. I actually had to stop doing comedy because it was hurting my business. Mm -hmm. and I, I mean, I chose, like you have to choose. What's If comedy was more important to me, I wouldn't have stopped. But it was, I had been performing for nine years and 700 shows. But what I'm saying is there was a point where I'm like, you know, people are actually not taking me seriously. Uh, you know, a lot of things were happening. And I'm like, you know what, it, it is more of a hindrance. But again, yeah. I thought early on before clients started responding that way. And, and I had friends that told me, nobody else was telling me, but friends would say, you know, I told somebody that they should hire you as a speaker. And they said, oh, the comic guy. And so, yeah, I, so I totally can relate to that. Um, Randy, I wanted to ask you, question was posed by uh, Rochelle here that I saw just come in. And what she asked, which is a question I usually ask, especially with coaches and uh, consultants, but her question is, actually, I'll put it on the screen so you can see it perhaps, but what is one of the biggest challenges you see with most of your clients? So in other words, I guess, what's the common thing you see? And then she just said, she thinks what you're doing is great. But yeah, what is the most common thing that you would see 
that people struggle with, I guess. I think that's what she's asking. Yeah, and thank you, Rochelle. I appreciate that. Um, I think confidence is a big one because I think it shows up in so many different areas is uh, the the inner critic. Um, similarly, anxiety and all the different symptoms of anxiety is not being able to be present, not being able to enjoy life. And everyone talks about happiness, right? Like happiness was such a big catchphrase for a long time in the industry is happiness and, you know, happiness psychology and all this. But if you are uh, unable to be present, if you're unable to land, if you're always constantly thinking and what ifing and futuring, it becomes impossible to enjoy the life that you have, which then makes it hard to create and build more because you're sort of working at deficit. So uh, confidence, anxiety, um, and finding the ability to be present. And some of that is upgrading old programs. So, you know, I just use the example of the wheel spinning on your computer and it it's because your app hasn't been updated. If you have an old picture of yourself, if you're seeing yourself from the past, or if there are things from the past that are uh, sort of carving out what you can or can't do in the present or in your future, then you have to update that app. Otherwise, you're going to keep getting that wheel that's spinning and get frustrated. Love it. And Rochelle did as well because she said, love that. And yes, thank you. Uh, so Randy, uh, last question. And then I'll give you a hint that my final, or sorry, the last official question, but then the final question is going to be, how can we learn more? But the last official question is a question I try to ask every guest I interview, which is the time machine question. And it's simply this. If you could jump into a time machine, go back and talk to a younger Randy, based on what you've learned in the years since, uh, what kind of life lessons or what life lesson would you give that younger Randy? I would say work, value, working hard, value, put in the time and effort and practice because things don't always come easy. And I think because of my background, I almost had this idea that things were going to be so easy and so charmed and so lovely. And I, I kind of had a rude awakening. So if I knew that things weren't going to be easy and it's okay that you're capable, that you, you are enough, that you will get there. And really what I try and do with my daughters now is build this rich inner life, talk, you know, people weren't having these conversations back then when I was a little kid as much, but no, you know, value myself, know that I'm capable, trust my gut instinct, trust my intuition that was so intact when I was little and then got covered up a little bit as I tried to, you know, sort of fit in and be a teenager and be a boy and all of this. So really to, to trust that and to keep going, that would have really helped me. Love it. So Randy Spelling, this has been an absolute pleasure. With your permission, I'll call it a to be continued because I know we barely, barely scratched the surface. Absolutely, Corey. And, 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 you know, and I'm, obviously I love the work that you're doing. So I think it's important to get it out to the world as well. And, you know, with this, uh, we have a ton of people that watch the replay as well. So uh, I might tell you if people give you a shout out on here, I might just send you a message, to let you know. But uh, the last part, for those that want to reach out themselves directly, where would you connect them or can they go to your website or where, where's the hub, if you will? 
Yeah, so the hub is my website. It's randyspelling.com. Um, and it's sort of my tribe is Instagram. So uh, follow me at Instagram. It's Randy Spelling. And um, it's sort of both. I put a ton of content, ton of free content on Instagram daily. Um, again, you can get a feel from me, but also it's a place to plug in and stay positive, stay motivated. I'm giving tips and tools and really trying to put forth a way of being in the world uh, that has to do with transformation and just being the best we can be. Love it. Well, like I said, Randy, this has been an absolute pleasure. I'll wave the flag for all the great stuff you're doing. So yes, definitely reach out to Randy, check out his work. And uh, I just want to salute you and thank you. And like I say, with your permission, call it a to be continued. Absolutely. I love what you're doing too, Corey. So thank you. And uh, thanks for having me. My absolute pleasure. Thanks, my friend. Thanks everybody for joining us. And uh, I will uh, post here inside the group uh, by tomorrow. Uh, but I want to thank you so much for joining us today. And we'll be back next week with another live interview in this interview series. So thanks everybody for joining us. Thanks, Randy, for joining us. And thanks if you're watching the replay. Again, this interview was from TheInfluencerVault.com. Come and join us as a member inside The Influencer Vault to see how we can help you up-level your game, become an expert sooner, and become an influencer today rather than tomorrow. Again, TheInfluencerVault.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.